This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to have my next guest. So, you know, it's interesting. Many of you have heard me expressing that I just moved to Las Vegas and been meeting some amazing boss ladies. And this is no exception. This amazing woman, she, first of all, married her high school sweetheart over 33 years ago. And she started this, uh, this company 18 years ago. Like, okay, so I'm still trying to get my brain wrapped around this because she looks like she's 16 still. And, you know, she has three children and she's, you know, created this amazing business. So if you've ever heard of a massage envy franchise, uh, you will know what I'm talking about. She owns now seven in the Las Vegas Valley. Uh, she, and, and I think that Massage Envy has 1,100 plus locations na- nationwide. She's also really into uh, philanthropy and she's on, she does a lot of fundraising. Like I know that she did some uh, healing hands for arthritis, raised 150000 um, dollars for massage services donated to the U.S. vets. I mean, just so many things. She raised $140,000 to give to healthcare heroes. Just an amazing woman and, you know, varied in how she approaches business and life and give back. So I'm really excited to have her here today to talk to her. Marissa Hawkins, how are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to note that I did not do all of that by myself or alone. I have had some really great people who have worked with me to, you know, having amazing people by your side always makes the journey so much easier. So so, true. Yes. I cannot take credit for all of that. I have to have a disclosure. (laughs) I had so many great people from our, you know, co-op team members, members at Massage Envy, you know, they all came together when we put all of these, I guess, up for, you know, uh, what am I trying to say here? Just you oh collaborated God. with a lot of people around yeah. the city and all kinds yeah. of communities. That's the greatest thing about having a community. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm so excited with this collaboration that we're doing together here with women who boss up in Las Vegas and mm-hmm. participating in our many, many uh, events that we'll be doing this year. So let's yeah. start from the beginning because I'm, first of all, I, and you and I have talked about this. I was completely obsessed with franchises as a young woman. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I got on this, re- this thing about franchising. I, I just wanted to find one that I wanted to do. I just, it just seemed like to make a lot of sense, but I don't think a lot of people understand the opportunities that are afforded to them with business and, and different ways of doing business. So I'm going to go back before you started your first massage envy and let's mm-hmm. like put us where you are. Cause you, like you said, you married your high school sweetheart. So if anyone of you can relate to, you know, um, getting married young and then figuring out your way together and, and now becoming so successful, let's take you back to that, that moment. So here you are starting your career. Tell me a little bit about that. It's a humble beginnings. You know, Mario and I were high school sweethearts. I met him in my sophomore year, and he was a junior, one year older than me, and we met in Spanish class because he's actually Panamanian and his 
mother was from Panama and his father is from Chicago, I believe. Chicago, and they came together through pen pal. So anyways, he took Spanish class because he wanted to know what his mom was you know, saying to him when she was upset. Uh, most of the time, little did he know that he would be moved up from the back of the class to the front of class to sit right next to me and take me to the uh, first dance of the year, which was homecoming. So we went to the homecoming dance and then it was history from there. And a funny thing of that nature is that I actually always said that whoever my first boyfriend was is the one I was going to marry. I don't know. I'm uh, that hopeless <laughs> romantic. So uh, little did I know that that was actually going to happen. Um, but we ended up sticking it out through high school. And then after high school, he ended up going to the military. And so uh, I was going to go to University of Washington because I'm from Washington state and mm -hmm. I got accepted and everything. I paid the tuition, the fees to get in. And I told my parents last minute that I was going to move to Georgia and I was going to move to Georgia because that's where my boyfriend was at the time. He asked me to come and move down with him. And at that time, you know, I was going through some things with my parents. I'm like, all right, that's it. I need a change of scenery. And I said, why not? East coast interested me. It was scary, but also exciting at the same time, as you all know, um, but also, you know, it was also disappointing for my father because, you know, I'm the oldest of three girls and in the Asian household, you know, you're supposed to set an example. And here I am going to follow a boy and he's not a Filipino boy, he's African-American to top it all off and Panamanian. So, mm -hmm. you know, my father didn't like the idea of us shacking up. However, I went and followed my heart and went down to Augusta, Georgia to go to school. And now it's a university. Um, Augusta University is now what they, you know, called it. So I was really excited, but, you know, I know that I was disappointing my parents. But at the end of it all, I think they're happy with where I am in life right now. Yeah, so I think course. at the end of the day, it's all about having your kids be happy. Yeah, I, so, I agree. Yeah, so then I was you, able to do that. So when did you decide to... Um, what did you decide to do from there as far as your work is concerned? Well, what ended up happening is um, while I was going to school um, in Augusta, I ended up landing a job in um, as a technician at Kroger Drugstore. So I did pharmacy technician. Um, and I actually did that prior to moving to Georgia. I was at Bartels Drugs and Costco Pharmacy. So I literally just applied and I got that job in Kroger. So I did that for a little bit while I was in school. And then after I got out of, um, well, after Mario got out of the military, we moved back home and we ended up, I finished two more years. I think I had either one and a half years left of college to finish. And then in my last year, I ended up getting pregnant with our first child. So um, what happened was I finished my degree at University of Washington and then Mario and I decided to buy our first home before our first baby would be born. So at the age of 21, um, we bought Mario's uncle's house. And so I was 21. He was 22 because we wanted to have a home for our child. So, wow. Yes. So uh, we had a child at that age. So now they're all on their own right now. Our son is 26 and is about to have his baby. Um and he has his own home now. And then our second child is off on his own. And the last one is our baby girl. Um, so we ended up buying that home at age 21. And then after that, we ended up having our second kid five years later. 
then we ended up moving um, once our second child was born to um, Las Vegas, Nevada in wow. 2001. So I transferred. So after I, you know, thought about it, I wanted to go to pharmacy school, but I decided, you know, pharmacy school wasn't for me because organic chemistry was just not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So I ended up switching and I took all these science courses. So I thought, all right, I got to figure out what else I'm going to do. So I finished up and got a science degree. And then after I got that, I parlayed that degree into getting into pharmaceutical sales, which was actually the best route for me because to be quite honest, I don't think I could stay in a cubicle all day long. Being a pharmacist is just not my, my personality. So I ended up landing a job because um, there was a drug rep that came to the pharmacy to actually drop off some samples. I think it was some lancets or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I asked her what she did. And she told me, she's like, listen, if you want to know more detail, you can do a ride along with me. I'm like, really? So I ended up going on a ride along with her and I loved exactly what she did. So I said, you know what, I think I could definitely do this. So after I got my degree, I ended up applying for a pharmaceutical job. And I can't tell you without having experience, you don't just land a job in pharmaceuticals. So I think I must have went on 20 to 30 interviews before I actually landed a job with my first encounter of a pharmaceutical company called King Pharmaceuticals. So I ended up landing that job and I did that almost close to seven years in the pharmaceutical industry. So I stayed with King for maybe five years, five, six years. And then I landed a job with ASI, which is a Japanese based company. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, I ended up having my third child with the third, you know, with the move to the second um, pharmaceutical company. And that was in 2003. So in 2003, I had Malia and it was that time when I decided something's got to give because when I moved to uh, the second pharmaceutical job, I ended up um, having to cover not just Vegas because by that time we moved when we had our second child to Las Vegas, as I told you, when we had the third child, we had her in Vegas. When she was born, that was when I started having the uh, blues and I started having that seven year itch mm -hmm. and something has to give. And the reason why is because my territory grew from Las Vegas, from Vegas to also Arizona. So imagine this one week out of the month, I was leaving my baby behind to basically cover territory one week out of the month in another state. I had to drive, take the company car, which was about three and a half to four hours um, on a good day to dr get to Arizona to call on doctors in the heat. And you, as you know, if you haven't been to Arizona, it's 10 degrees hotter than it is in Vegas. So I ended up leaving my baby and I was so upset because I kept thinking, my goodness, I've been doing this for too long. I need to do something else. And I didn't realize that my dream of ever opening a business would come by way of my AC breaking down in my company car <laughs> on well, a you hot summer day. And I, this is what my favorite part of your story happens. This is so funny because when I've heard this story before you and I have talked about it, mm -hmm. I'm sitting here imagining this whole scene because I think the way you explained it to me one day, I just cracked up because I could just completely see this happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you're driving on your route. It's hot. The air conditioner goes out. Tell me, tell me the rest of the story. <laughs> well, I'm almost to my location and then, you know, the AC gives out. So I don't care what you do. I tell this story all the time. You can't just roll down your window and expect cold air to blow in because it's Arizona, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you can't turn the AC on because now it's blowing hot air and you're just 
in your, you know, outfit, you're, cause you're dressed up, ready to go see doctors. Cause you're planning to call doctors that day and you're just hot and sweaty. Yeah. So needless to say, you know, you're just not in the best mood. I don't know. And then to top it all off, I had been nursing. So my milk was coming in because of course, <laughs> as you know, it comes when it's like a warm, it's warm body temperature. So of course I'm miserable because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's hot. This milk is sticky and I just want a good meal. I'm hungry now. And so, you know, a woman when she's a hangry and then she's sticky and hot, that doesn't make for a good conversation or a good mood. So I ended up calling my cousin. I asked her, hey, where's a great place for me to get a great meal? Because I'm starving. Second of all, where's a great place for me to decompress and get a massage? Mm-hmm. So she then tells me about this place called Massage Envy. I was only $29.99 because that was the price back then. And that all her friends had tried it out. And all I could ask her is, is that a school? Because I'm willing to pay because we had been going to schools, Mario and I, to get massages. And I, mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. Right. No schools. I'm going to do it. Up. I deserve it. Today right. has just been one of those days. <laughs> so she says, no, it's been, you know, uh, advertised through the radio and television. You need to check it out. So I ended up saying, all right, give it a try. So she went and called for me. And the first location said they didn't have any opening. But if I was willing and able, they can call another location to see if they could get me in. And that's exactly what they did. They got me into the Scottsdale 101 location in Arizona. And I went in a mad woman and, you know, just a grumpy woman. And I ended up coming out of there revived, rejuvenated, feeling like I could conquer the world and in a much better mood. So I thought to myself, we're going to be back a week later. Why don't I book my husband with this massage therapist and I'll go and try someone else. Mm-hmm. And a week later, my husband and I are driving to Arizona because we had rental property there that we were going to be checking up on. So I said, all right, let me go ahead and uh, have his opinion. So I ended up talking to him and said, you know, I made mention about Massage Envy, but I didn't think we were going to open one. I just said, mm-hmm. if we were ever to open a business, this one sounds like a viable business to have, you know, and, you know, we always loved massages and spa, you know, but check it out for yourself. See what you think. Not knowing anything going in, he gets the massage. And of course I know he's going to get a great massage because I loved it. So what I thought wasn't going to be a great massage ended up being even better. So now I'm hook, line, sinker. I'm like, oh my gosh, sign me up. I'm ready to go. Top of the hour. Here's all these people coming out of the lobby. They're all expressing, you know, what a great massage that was, what great moods they're in now. They can, you know, they're just feeling that euphoric high that you get when you come out of something good. Mm -hmm. So on that particular day, um, what ended up happening was the owner happened to be there on that day and light bulb moment came. My husband, because all I want to know is, are you guys going to have one in Vegas? Because I'm ready to sign up now. Right. (laughs) And my husband is like, um, so how do we find out about, you know, franchise opportunities, you know, if they're going to open one up, she's like, today is your lucky day because we have some brochures right behind you. If you are interested, I certainly hope you call the gentleman on there. His name is Steve Cook. He is going to be breaking ground in Vegas pretty soon. So you you will want to contact him if you're, you know, interested. So that's just what we did. We grabbed the brochure and we ended up calling him. And a week later, we ended up breaking bread together at a restaurant. And for some odd reason, and I don't know what it was, he asked us to be, you know, partners in the first massage envy that opened in April of 2005. Wow. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So let me, let me ask you, cause I know at this point, if I was listening to this story for the first time, I would be thinking, oh my goodness, that's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, you know, I think about it. Steve's not here today. Um, but you know, I really credit a lot of my humble beginnings to this gentleman who knew nothing about us. And I don't even know what he saw in us, but you know, us being young parents and obviously having the ability to, you know, do the work. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, cause I remember Mario was in charge of, you know, with the build out, I was in charge of recruitment, payroll, everything you can imagine, uh, you know, running the business. I was the face of massage envy, mm-hmm. um, when we were starting off and getting, you know, everything started, it was crazy. And then imagine this, you've got three kids all under the age of eight. You know, I gave up a corporate job that paid, you know, had a steady paycheck, mm-hmm. paid the bills and also had medical insurance all for a business. I knew nothing about. Right. And I literally, uh, months before we were about to open, I contacted Stephen. I'm like, I really need to talk to you. And I remember sitting down with him and saying, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I really am having a second thoughts. I'm breaking out in hives. I have night sweats. I'm like, literally, you know, I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. People who I thought were going to, you know, be rooting me on like my parents and my girlfriends in the pharmaceutical industry are saying, are you crazy? You just right. had a baby, you know, and my mom like, well, what do you know about business? Because no one in our family has ever opened a business. And there was no one that I could reach out to that I knew except for one that, you know, had a restaurant business, totally different business and out of town because I'm from Seattle. So mm-hmm. I had no one that I knew in Vegas because we had just moved in 2001 and we're opening this business up in 2005. So, <laughs> and we were just raising our young family. So, you know, it was kind of crazy times. And then of course, years after we opened, you know, recession hit too. Um, so there was a lot of factors, you know, that um, made it, you know, a roller coaster of a ride. Yeah. Know? And yeah. That brings me to the other question about the roller coaster. That's what I want to hear about is what are the hurdles? What are the difficulties? Because you have to have several, you know, you've been married for 30 plus years, you know, so there's life roller coasters and there's business roller coasters. What are some of the things that you've, you've had to overcome and what have you learned? Um, You know, you got to roll with the punches. Every day is something different, you know, from payroll, you know, problems to, uh, front desk, you know, problems, because you got to fill in when you don't have enough people to, you know, cover. And then you also have to deal with, you know, uh, hiring and firing. I mean, goodness gracious, there's just so much. Um, I think overnight, I became so many, you know, uh, positions. (laughs) Um, And that's in addition to being a mother and a wife. So overnight, I became an HR specialist, right. <laughs> I became, you know, front desk associate, a marketing person, recruit, recruiter. And then of course, I had to be at events, you know, to promote the business. So it was pretty crazy. But, you know, I wouldn't change it for the life of me, because I learned so much about myself, and about the journey and that you know, you don't necessarily have to have a business degree to run a business. Right. And that I think having my grandmother's blood and my, you know, both my mom and dad are both hard workers. I think if you have a good heart and resilience, you can overcome anything. Yes, I totally agree. What 
what is inspiring you now? So before you answer that question, because you are really the queen of the give back, the community um, and uh, endorsements and uh, philanthropy, and you do so many things. And we've talked about this many times about how that is so important uh, when you are in business. Uh, So what, what is inspiring you now and what are some things you're working on? Well, I learned um, just most recently, maybe a year or two ago, that my core values uh, were family, service, and health. Mm-hmm. The irony of, of it all is that I got into a business that deals with health and wellness. Yes. So I'm serving up health and wellness. And even though I don't prefer, you know, provide the massages, I indirectly affect people by providing the home that does. Yes. Now, family has always been my ultimate reason for my why. You know, having my third child be a girl and leaving her, I just wanted to be there for my children, you know, being able to provide for them, putting them in private school, being there for their soccer and their, you know, football and their track meets. That was important for both Mario and I um, to make sure that we were there for them and be able to, you know, financially have the means to put them in better schooling that we were than we were able. We went to public school. Not that there was anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. but, you know, you always want what's best for the next generation, you know, always. And so my drive was always our children. And then when it comes to, you know, business, I really feel like I've been on a spiritual journey. Yeah. And, you know, you mirror, you know, your personal with your business and it comes with a lot of emotions, you know, and you start delving into your spiritual side. I grew up Catholic and I remember my father instilling every Sunday, you know, not missing a day uh, because it's part of the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. just, you know, keeping holy thy Sabbath day. And so therefore, you know, it was always instilled with me in, in me. And I've always remembered doing the rosary on special occasions, you know, thanks to my aunt. So I grew up with a very spiritual sense. So it's really about giving back to those that were less fortunate. And we, though we didn't have much, you know, either we were middle-class, we always were taught to give. And, you know, I come from a family that always gave back to the Philippines by way of these boxes called Balik Bayan boxes, where we'd send, you know, food and old clothing, you know, over that they just loved because it came from the United States. Mm -hmm. And then here you would see pictures um, of my cousins wearing, you know, these clothes that once were you know, ours that we treasured and now it's Mm -hmm. theirs. So it's really, you know, it humbles you to know that, you know, the things that you take for granted are the things that they cherish and that they love. And so, you know, it was really important. The funny thing about, you know, having a business is that I never realized that I could use my business as a platform to give back in ways that I would have never had thought, you know, and the three things that I've given back to have all stemmed from my foundation. So military, because I come from a military background, my father served in mm-hmm. the military. And so has my husband, he served in Somalia. And then of course, uh, the nursing program, my mother, you know, served as she worked in the nursing field. And so of course, we were able to, you know, give back to the healthcare heroes during a time when it was needed the most, you know, they gave so much of themselves selflessly, put their lives of their families at risk. And it was so nice to be able to know that we could give back by utilizing, you know, our businesses to help, you know, give back to the, you know, healthcare heroes. And we did this because the community, which was our members, you know, all were giving selflessly themselves. They were were like, give three, give four of mine. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, 
And we, in one month's time, got 1200 services donated Wow! just by asking our members if they wanted to donate any of their unused prepaids. And granted, we were closed for three and a half months, three and a half months, I think, or three months for sure mm-hmm. during that time, because we were deemed non-essential. And so to come back um, and not even knowing that it was the year of the nurses um, deemed by the World Health Organization, the year 2020 was supposed to be the year of the nurses. And how wow. are they being celebrated? They were be, being celebrated, you know, at the highest capacity of their, yes. their jobs needed them. And so it was really nice to get um, when we came back to get our dignitaries involved and other business owners involved and, you know, just our own businesses and our team members to come together, you know, as a unit and say, you know, we're all in this together. And that's truly what happened. And it was nice to, you know, reward those first responders or just those that, you know, helped you know, through a tough time, so many people died during that time. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just I'm excited because we are doing a bunch of stuff with our project and excited also to add that part in to um, because I know that's very important. It's always been important in, in my life and business. And if anything that people can really understand is that, you know, to be very successful in business, it also means that you have a give back part of your business. So it's really good how you've thought that through uh, with that. What advice would you give to any woman who is looking to be successful other than that? You have to find your passion. I know people say that this all the time. It's a cliche, right? But when you're doing something you love, which I love this because I love being connected to people. I love when people are coming to get relief from our business. Mm-hmm. I love being able to use our business as a platform to give back. I love just making changes in the world and then knowing that I can be a voice out there to speak to our next generation about entrepreneurship or the jobs in the trades or having job experience. I don't think I would ever have that voice if I just maintained what I was doing. And I realized that now that I am a gift, you know, I have this gift now. I didn't realize that because, you know, you take a while to blossom into a flower, Mm -hmm. you know, from a seed to a flower. And it, it really has shown me a lot about what I can do with, you know, what I have. Yeah. And I think Tyler Perry said it best. You don't have to have his platform to give back. Every single one of us has the ability to give back in some small gesture or way. We just need to have the desire to be able to do that. And because we're falling on Black History Month, I think, you know, I posted that today, you know, Martha Luther King said it best. Life's persistent and most urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Mm -hmm. And the faster we can understand that, I think the better off we are. Yes, because I think the law of contribution is in direct relation to the amount of people we are able to serve. Yes, so the more people we are able to serve, the more you know comes our way. I truly believe in that, and uh, I think I've been blessed in so many ways. And I just want to give and use my time, you know, to while I'm here on Earth to give back, you know, what I've learned. Yes, I love it. Marissa, this is so exciting. I'm excited for all the things that we're doing, girl. Well, you know, you're an author. And the one other thing I didn't say is that I'm also into education. And so that book drive happened right before COVID hit. So 
the day of Valentine's Day, you said the day after, we would basically promote a book drive where we would focus on a local book author to have our community buy books for first, second, and third graders focused on life skills, um, animals, and science. And in one month's time, because we were cut short, <laughs> we raised 4,500 books. Um, but the moral of the story is that we probably could have got more if it wasn't for COVID. We had to wait two years before we could give these books because COVID would not allow, obviously, schools to have people re-enter back in because, right. let's face it, so here we are trying to give book, the books away that we actually earned, you know, got, but we were able to get people to buy the books, but also write a special message to the child, either words of encouragement or a favorite quote. A lot of Dr. Seuss quotes came out of that, of, you know, to the child, to let them know that they are loved and that we care about them. Um, but more importantly, that book went to a child who would be able to have something tangible to help prevent the summer slide, but also to have something to remember their teacher by and, you know, the community's message because the teachers always have to come out of their pocket at the end of the school year. So this book was supposed to be, you know, for them to be able to give to the children and leave a message as well. So they got a message from the teacher and a message from, you know, the community, but COVID definitely put a damper in that, but I think everything happens for a reason. And you know, it we really were all does. changed by, it. yeah, there was some, a lot of silver linings that came from it. And there was not one person that was not affected by the, you know, by COVID. And I think we've changed, we've come out as a changed person, but somewhat better way for most of us. Yes, I agree. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited for everything that we're going to be doing this year together and how many people we're going to be affecting just the ripple effect of um, being able to come together as a group of amazing women um, that really have the intention of empowering each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about all the things that we're going to do. And it just, is there anything else you want to share as well as how do we find you? Because people might want to find out a little bit about your Massage Envy. You have seven locations here in Vegas or about your philanthropy work. How can we find you? Well, we do have seven Massage Envies, but there's 13 here in the Valley. So whatever Massage Envy is closest to you. Um, I also have a website at marissahawkins10.com. 10 is significant because my husband and I renewed our wedding vows in 10, 10, 10. We got, got married in October of 1993. <laughs> we got married young, so 10 is significant. We went to homecoming in October. So lots of significance around the number 10. So that's why it's marissa.marissahawkins10.com. Um, but you can see some of the work that I've done there. If you want to book you know, me to do a you know, speaking engagement for your business or for I do a lot of speaking engagements for schools um, and then also for um, entrepreneurs as well as you, our youth because they are one of my favorites because they are obviously getting into this world and they need direction. And there's not enough mentors out there that can guide them. We're so busy as adults, you know, running our own lives and our own businesses that sometimes we forget about the, the youth in our generation. Right. And, uh, our next generation needs a lot of love. And so if we can, you know, spare some of our time to give back, I mean, it doesn't always have to be monetary. Sometimes your time and your love is all that a person or organization needs. 
of you to get involved. So that's what I would say to all of you is that when you become who you were meant to be, never forget to give back. Love that. Well, Marissa, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to talking to you again really soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me be part of your Woman Who Boss Up book, uh, Woman Who Boss Up in Las Vegas book. I'm super excited to be on part of this journey, and I really hope that we can change the lives of many. <laughs>